Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. If you have a Bible, I'd invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to begin reading from verse 26. Uh, This will not be the usual stock standard 60-minute sermon that I preach nearly every week here at Gateway Redlands, but I do want to spend some time in His Word because I think and believe that it will shape what we're doing and going to continue to do here today. As you're looking for that passage, let me just remind you that we are in a series called Encounters. And over the last month or so, we've been reading about the lives of people who have encountered Jesus, and as a result of that, their lives have been radically transformed. You know, we read about a self-righteous man who knew that the only way that he could be saved of his sins was to be born of the Spirit, born again. We looked at a woman who was caught in adultery, a man who had been blind. These individuals encountered Jesus and their lives were radically transformed. Well, today we're going to read about somebody else who, after encountering Jesus, experienced His power and they too had a life of transformation as well. So let me read it to you. Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 26, and I'm going to read through to whenever. Just stay with me. Uh, It goes like this. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes or Gerasenes, however you want to pronounce that, which is across the lake from Galilee. I've been there, just in case you were wondering. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, He had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into them and Jesus gave them permission When the pigs or when the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. And let me skip to verse 38. The man from whom the demons had gone out of begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. May God add his blessing to our reading here this morning. Now, interesting passage of scripture. We're reading about a man who was demon-possessed. He was butt-naked. He was homeless. Couple little giggles up the front here from the kids. Maybe I should choose my words a bit better. Uh, He was homeless. He had been driven by demons into solitary places. He recognized supernatural authority or spiritual authority. 
And uh, he was in a very, very difficult situation. And if you are like here for the first time or you're visiting and you've just heard me read what I've read, you know, I reckon there's, there's a question right now that's just bubbling up within you about the spiritual realm and the spiritual world. And, and the question is this, what the heck? What the heck? Do you guys really talk about this stuff? Do you guys really believe this stuff? Do you guys actually spend time looking at lives who have been influenced by things called demons? And that short answer to that is yes, it really is. And as we go through this passage of Scripture, there's actually a few things that this encounter with Jesus tells us about what we call the spiritual realm. And the first thing that I wanted to share with us this morning very, very quickly is this. Uh, What we see is not all there is. What we see is not all there is. You know, this idea of the spirit world or the word spirit actually isn't that uncommon in today's day and age. You know, you could go through Vicky Point Shopping Centre or anywhere else and you'll see these, you know, um, these stores or these... um, could be posters or whatever, talking about body, mind, and spirit. You know, we hear this word a lot. Yet our understanding, or should I say society's understanding of spirit and the sources they use to gain a better understanding of the spiritual realm is of great concern to me. You know, here at Gateway, we turn to the Holy Scriptures that we believe are still reliable and still relevant today more than ever before. And we see that in Scriptures in multiple places, it speaks of a spiritual realm, a spirit world. And in this spirit world, and I really want you to get a hold of this, in this spirit world, there is actually a war taking place. There is a war taking place. And there are three players or three people involved in this. Firstly, there is a God who is for us. Secondly, there is His creation, which is of course us. And then thirdly, there is His enemy, otherwise known as the devil and His servants, which are called demons, and they're against us. And this war is not a war that we fight with worldly tactics or worldly weapons. You know, we don't use fighter jet planes, although that would be cool to fly and drive around. It's kind of on my bucket list one day. I think I'll fly one in heaven, but I know some people aren't interested in that. Um, You can't use UFC techniques. You can't use the things that we believe gain control, power, and victory in today's day and age. The war I'm talking about is a war that is fought by prayer and faith. But what we know here from this story is that, is that what we see is not all there is. And we know that God is for us. We know that he wants the best for us. And when Jesus encounters this man who was demon-possessed, it reminds us again that what we see is not all there is. There is a spirit world where there is a war taking place. But as I continue to read this passage here this morning, it also reminds me of another interesting point And it's simply this, there are people who are living in bondage and isolation. There are people who are living in bondage and isolation. You know, we read about a man here who at times was chained hand and foot. He was under the watchful eye or under the guard of others to make sure that he wasn't 
going off and doing scary or silly things. Uh, He was chained, he was bound, and he was in isolation. And in fact, as we read before, sometimes demons would drive him to solitary places. But you know, sadly, this is a reality for a lot of people in our community as well. You know, there, are some, there aren't too many people I know of in our community here in the Redlands that are bound physically by hand and foot. They're not chained hand and foot, yet it is an emotional and a spiritual reality for them. You know, we've got so many people across this great city called the Redlands that are banned or that are living in bondage to things like addiction, mental illnesses, you know, financial problems and poverty and loneliness. There are people that are bound to those things. And as a result, they are living in isolation. And in fact, Relationships Australia says that one in six Australians experience severe loneliness, which means they do not have enough meaningful relationships or connections to sustain or nurture them through difficult times in their life. And in fact, the ABC, the source of all knowledge and wisdom, says that loneliness is a chronic situation and will become, and they believe it will become, the next public health crisis in our country. Loneliness is on the rise. Loneliness is an epidemic. And more often than not, it is caused by something that has bound them, something that they are that they are connected to in a very deep, profound, and sad way. Now, as we read this, I'm reminded that what we see is not all there is. I'm reminded that there are people who live in isolation and bondage, but I'm also reminded of the fact that there is a saviour of bondage and isolation. You know, I'm reminded that there is a man named Jesus who has a heart for those who are bound to things, who are struggling and oppressed. I'm reminded of a man named Jesus who who not only has a heart for them, but he also has the power and the ability to set people free from the things that bind them and isolate them from the general public. You know, I believe there is a Jesus who has the ability and who has the power to forgive people from sin and can set us free from not only the penalty of sin, but also the power of sin that sadly still impacts the world that we live in today. I believe that with all my heart. There is a saviour from bondage and isolation. If you don't know much about Jesus, let me harp on about him just for a couple of seconds. You know, last week I said in my message that we all at times have questions and doubts about faith and spirituality and things like that, but there is no questioning the life of Jesus. You know, his time here on earth is supported by both biblical and non-biblical sources. And in fact, this Jesus that we come to love and worship and serve here today, this Jesus that has a heart for the broken and for the lost, you know, has more than 2.1 billion people who follow him and believe that he is the answer to both sin and brokenness. Yeah, and that actually makes Jesus the leader of the largest movement in human history. And since his time on earth, more songs have been sung to him 
more books have been written about him and more paintings have been painted of him than any other person in the history of the world. And in fact, our calendar and our holidays revolve around his life and his ministry. And even though he is the leader of the largest movement in human history, even though time itself literally revolves around him and what he did, this Jesus is the saviour from sin and the effects of sin in our world. He has a heart for the broken, for the hurting and for the lost. That's his heart. That is his heart. And when I read our passage for this morning, yeah, it may be uncommon talk or discussion for some of you here today, but it does remind me that what we see is not all there is. There is a spirit world. There's a war taking place. You're the target. God is for you. He sent Jesus so you can be a victor over those things. All right, that's the reality of this. And there are people in our world and in our community today who are stuck in sin, who are living with addictions, who are bound to things, who are now isolated, withdrawn, experiencing loneliness in the most connected time in history. I can't get my head around that. There are people living in all these things in this situation. But what we know is that there is a saviour. There is someone who wants to encounter the broken, encounter the lost, set them free, help them find purpose and meaning and then move them into the direction that God has for them. There is a saviour from those things and his name is Jesus. Like the demon-possessed man, after he was set free, after he experienced the transforming power of Jesus, his life was transformed and he became an evangelist. He started cruising around telling people what Jesus had done for him. And that's the call that God has on all of our lives. Those of us who have confessed sin and accepted Jesus as Lord, that's what he's calling us to do. To go and tell of his mighty deeds, his wondrous works, the love that he has for the lost, the love that he has for the broken. That's what he's calling us to do. What's our response as a church? Well, that's why I'm paid the big bucks to answer that question. That's a joke, by the way. Your love is all I need. What is our response to that call, to the needs that present themselves in our community today? Well, one of the things that we're going to do is open a care and counselling centre. That's one of the things we're going to do. You know, a care and counselling centre that is going to help people who are running low on food, help people who really need advice and coaching on managing their money, you know, to help people who have taken a knock in life, who have gone through a change, a challenge or a crisis, and as a result have developed a mental health concern. You know, we're going to help them by providing professional services. You know, this is one of the ways we are going to respond to the needs of our community, and that is to open up our care center. And man, can I tell you, to say I'm excited about that is an understatement. It is an understatement. And what I want to do just for the next couple of minutes before I invite you all to respond by bringing your red bags forward and helping us continue to do what we do, is I want to introduce you to our Gateway Redlands Care and Counseling Team so that you can pray for them, you can encourage them, and uh, just champion their cause because uh, God bless them and uh, we want to bless them too. So without further ado, 
a Jew, a do. Whatever one it is. Uh, I want to invite a couple of people on stage and I'm going to pray for them. We're going to commission them. Uh, And uh, as I call them out, feel free to put your hands together and give them a thunderous round of applause. And let's kick off by introducing our Redlands Gateway Care Coordinator, uh, Jenny Taylor. So would you please come, Jenny? And I'd also like to invite our uh, Care Centre Action Group. Action means actually got to do stuff. You know, like uh, advisory groups mean they just talk. Action means you get into it. Um, so uh, Phil Hill, um, Julia Arnold, uh, Taylor Moon, I haven't prepped you for this, but if you're willing to get involved in this bad boy, you can jump up here too. Um, and Jenny McKenzie, would you please put your hands together for them as they come? Jump on the side. And uh, I'd also like to introduce you to our Gateway uh, Wholeness and Counselling team. Uh, That is a centralised ministry that is going to provide us with the counsellors and the psychologists that we need to provide the type of service that we are offering uh, from this day forward. So if you are a part of that team, can I invite you to come forward right now? And that would be Peter Davies, Barry Morris... It would also be Carly Johnston, Rachel Witten, and Jenny McKenzie is already on stage. Would you please welcome them as they come forward as well? Good to see you. So although I have a heart of gratitude for all of them, I do want to pay um, particular attention and honour Pete and Barry who have spent a lot of hours behind the scenes um, putting everything that we need in place to offer a professional counselling service, Uh, years of experience, a whole lot of wisdom and knowledge around this space. Impatient blokes like me are kept in check with people who have great wisdom and experience. I have this tendency of starting things, getting it off the ground, and they crash and burn within a week. Um, But these guys here have been that rock steady, consistent, hey, let's do this right, let's do it well. So I really want to honour you guys for the work that you've done, and Timmy Hood as well. Um, So thank you, God bless you. Would you please honour them uh, one more time as well? And uh, for the team uh, up the end here, we are really praying for God's blessing over you. We've already started that. Our prayer meeting on Tuesday was devoted entirely to you and to your families and to this care ministry that we're going to be offering from our campus. Uh, We really want to continue to surround Jenny Taylor and her family in prayer as she takes on the role of coordinating our care ministries and liaising between all the different moving parts. So uh, please remember Jenny in your prayers. Uh, But for those who make up our action group and our counselling team, uh, thank you. God bless you. I really do believe that the ministry we're about to offer and the services that we are going to offer are going to bring hope and healing in Jesus' name. We're going to see whole families redeemed. We're going to see people restored. We're going to see people overcome the sin that has impaired this world that we are all a part of. And uh, we just say thank you. And we look forward to doing the journey with you. 
uh, from this day forward. Hey, I want to pray. And uh, as I do, if you feel comfortable, uh, would you please extend a hand towards this group and uh, let me commit them to God in prayer. Father, thank You for Your heart of love and compassion for all. God, we know and believe with all our heart that You are not selective with who You love and with plans that You have for Your creation, God. You love all people. You want all people to come into a loving relationship with You. And thank You, God, for the way You have shown Your love through the sending of Your Son, Jesus, the one who has a heart for the broken, a heart for the lost. And God, this morning as we launch our care centre, I wanna pray for this team up on stage. God, for those who are behind the scenes continuing to see this thing operate in a professional way, God, I commit them to you this morning in Jesus' name. For those that are gonna be on the ground here in the Redlands, implementing our care ministries, God, I pray that You would give them wisdom, give them knowledge, give them strength. God, I pray against the enemy and anything that he's gonna wanna try and do to trip them up, to distract them and to cause them to question themselves and their role and their place in this wonderful ministry. And God, for our counsellors, God, I ask that You would be with them as they meet with people in rooms and do the journey with them as they provide godly counsel to help them overcome their challenges and lead full and productive lives. God, I commit them to You as well. And Father, for us as a church, remind us at all times to love them, to pray for them, to support them as we seek to show Jesus to those in the, uh, in the city of Redlands. So God, bless them, I pray. And I ask all of this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.